Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Lori Farley. Lori's business and voluntary commitments curate and facilitate connections, relationships, and opportunities for social change through entrepreneurship, partnerships, and alliances between various sectors around the globe, including community development, arts, disability, education, and technology. Lori is involved in numerous ventures related to social innovation and socioeconomic development, including Intonovus Canada and Impact Calgary. Let's join Lori now as she has a wonderful conversation with her guest, Victoria Bennett. Take it away, Lori. As Al Deldegan just said, my name is Lori Farley and welcome to the Rainforest Podcast. With me today is uh, Victoria Bennett and actually we are sitting in a local hub space called The Hub uh, on... um, uh, they're attached to Calgary Cycle on Bull Trail, and uh, they have high-quality coffees and snacks. So if you ever need to have a meeting downtown, this is where I often meet. It's in my neighborhood, and it's fairly central for you coming from out of town. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started <laughs> in the nitty-gritty. Yeah. So, um, as the more observant of you may notice, I don't have a Calgarian accent. Um, I'm originally from the UK, been here 15 years. I uh, came here um, having worked for so, some s- small companies in the UK, such as Procter & Gamble, uh, the Scotsman newspaper, um, and Greg's, which is the equivalent to Tim Hortons over there. Uh, biochemist by training, but uh, saw the light and moved into marketing. I didn't know you were a biochemist. <laughs> yes. Oh, we've known each other for a long time. I never knew that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it doesn't really help with sort of the analysis side of things. So, you you know, you... You, know, you have to be good at communication, but you also have to be good at analysis, especially nowadays in marketing. So uh, it was good, good training. Um, anyway, I came here for three years. Um, as I said, that was 15 years ago. Uh, husband's an oily, gassy man. Um, and um, we set up an oil and gas service company uh, not long after coming here with the intention of selling it within three to five years. It took us six years. We sold it to Slumberger in the end. Uh, and my husband still has his handcuffs. He's still there. Um, and, um, you know, I... I uh, took the opportunity, having gone through that entrepreneur route, to actually sort of set up my own business. And that was six years ago when he, um, when he moved into a, a global role. So I thought he'd be doing a lot of traveling. Um, so what had really piqued my interest just before that was I was on the board of the Calgary Boys Choir. And um, I'd been asked, could I run this crowdfunding campaign for them to help? It was part of uh, Calgary uh, City of Culture. Um, and it was to fund their 40th birthday celebrations to make all their concerts for free. And I'm like, what is this crowdfunding? I had no idea what they were talking about. How did about. they know? Um, well, they'd been approached. I think it was um, CADA. Right. Um, Calgary Development. Yes, yes. So they had approached them to, to say would they be part of this as a part of the city of culture. Um, and Evans Hunt downtown set up a crowdfunding platform just for it. Um, and um, I, I sort of got into this and, and was like, this is really cool. I mean, it's it's all about getting small donations from a large crowd of people using an online platform. That's basically what crowdfunding is. Um, and it, it just, I just 
got more and more into it. And yes, we did raise enough money to make all the concerts for free. And so everything we raised on the night of the concerts actually went forward as a scholarship. So that was success from that point of view. Nice. Um, but, but just reading around and I, I got to realize one of the things is that often people have great ideas and often people have great teams. But if you don't know anybody with deep pockets, it dies. And that's not fair. If you've got a good idea, if you've got a good team, you should have the chance to make it happen. You ha should have the chance to make it real. It shouldn't just be the people with deep pockets. And the whole democratization of capital that crowdfunding br brings really floated my boat. So when I set up my own consulting business, I set it up to do strategic marketing consulting and crowdfunding. And that's really you know, what I've been doing the last six years. And some years it's a bit more consulting and some years it's a bit more crowdfunding. Um, certainly in the last few years, um, just the way crowdfunding is taking off in Canada, it's been a lot more on the crowdfunding yeah, side. Yeah, that's interesting because as a woman, I'm sometimes an accredited investor and sometimes not. It just depends on where I am in my cycle of life. And right now I'm not. But a lot of my investing has been uh, just piggybacking on somebody else's, putting in my $15,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I'm, it's, my, my name is not on anything. It's, I'm really not part of it. So crowdfunding has been a way for me to really, uh, you know, put put my own name on the things that I'm investing in so yeah and I mean that you, you've just hit the nail on the head it, it's it's as an investor it's about backing companies that you believe in as that it's that 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 whole you you look at the story you read the numbers you, you do your your own due diligence and you back the companies that you believe in either because you think they're going to be financially successful and, and actually Really, that's what most people are after. But sometimes people back a company because they believe in the, in the mm -hmm. way that they work. I, I just closed a campaign last Friday um, with a company called Ecologist. It used to be called Sitka, a clothing company off the West Coast. They start off building, um, uh, uh, what are they called? Surfboards, that's it. Um, and now do sort of outdoor clothing. But um, we raised 655000 for them, 185 investors, 187, sorry, final count. Um, and um, they're going to be using that to build... Uh, to open a new store in Whistler, but also they're going to be using it to look at new products mm -hmm. because 37% um, of the pollution in, um, in waterways, so oceans and seas, is microplastics from clothes. And 60% of the clothes we wear are, have plastic in them. Yeah. So, you know, sort of, you know, they're looking at what can we do, especially for outdoor gear where you have, it's even 90, 95% because I mean, you need the waterproof. So they're looking at developing new, new um, materials. Now, if you believe in that and if you want to make a difference, it's not stop using straws, which we should do anyway. It's actually what about, you know, backing a company to do something you really believe in yeah so and, and that's why you and I are really connected we really bonded because as you know uh, I'm with uh, Intonovas Canada and Impact Calgary and we're supporting businesses to um, embed the sustainable development goals B Corp principles and certifications and uh, IRIS uh, which is the um, impact investing measurement tools so mm -hmm. we can help uh, entrepreneurs early on align to those uh, sustainable practices, mm -hmm. which is, is what is happening with the trillions and trillions of dollars being divested from the energy sector into impact businesses. Mm -hmm. And this is a big part of it, getting yeah. the getting people off the ground with early funding. Uh, and it's, it's part of it's that friends and family round that you would do in investing anyways. And those mm -hmm. I've participated in lots of those. And um, I'm not good at investing, so I lose my money. But I do it because I'm backing something I believe in mm. and I and I and I set my expectations that I might lose my money and, and that's okay with me mm. but. and I think you raise a very good point there I mean just talking about investing in general I mean we should have diversified portfolios and 10% of your portfolio should be in private companies the reason for that is because that's where the hockey stick growth happens 
you know, that's where the real growth happens. But it's also the highest risk investing. Yeah. And that's where the crowdfunding legislation comes in. And, and it, it's annoying for people. And I know I had a call on Friday um, with this, this lady and she's like, you're asking all these intrusive questions on the platform. And I'm like, well, actually, it's the government. It's the securities regulators that require us, you know, to, to ask these questions. And it's about, you know, how much you earn and what your assets are. And, and, and so it's when you go online, it, it, it's a bit more than, say, buying a book on Amazon. It, it, you do have to sort of answer some questions. But the reason is, is because the government wants to make sure that when you invest, that you can, if you lost all that money, if the company did go bust, that you could still put um, a roof over your head, that you could still um, put food on the table. Um, so it's, it, it is a bit of protection for you. Uh, and I know some people don't like that, but that's the reason for it. Yeah, and you're actually talking about investments through crowdfunding, not rewards-based crowdfunding at this point, or is that for same for everything? Um, well, the only regulation like that is an investments crowdfunding. Right. Yeah, so equity investment crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we should probably talk about the broader types of crowdfunding that are out there. So... Um, Again, that was a Friday phone call. Uh, you can see this is very front of mind. You're on the phone a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was actually talking to a, a gentleman from the US um, who's come up with this really, really cool idea. Um, and he has his own business and he's doing this on the side. It's actually a tool that he found helped his business and realized that he could create something from it. And I have to say, it is really cool. It's quite... Um, different in the marketplace but there, there's certainly a very active marketplace and um, we were that was actually one of the, the discussions we had because he could raise the money himself to actually produce this product but it would take some time and if he took that time he could lose that first market advantage and as we know that that's important unless you can come in and just learn from the from the, the first to market and improve on it actually first to market advantage is quite important so he was. We, we were actually looking at three different options for him. One would be Kickstarter or Indiegogo, which is the rewards base. So he would have. He's got his prototype. He would actually um, go forward with that, tell everybody about this product, and look for people to actually um, back his product. So the the thing with Kickstarter, it's also a really good way of doing some market research. He, he's also not sure about the pricing of the product, so right. you can have a pretty good idea from Kickstarter. You know, if people are, typically with Kickstarter. Um, you, know, you, you people um, tend to be early adopters. They're wanting to get the latest, greatest thing, but they're wanting to get it at a great price. So you would typically have a price, and then you'd have a Kickstarter price or an Indiegogo price, which would be better. But it's a way of seeing, is that price the right price? Right. So it's a really good chance to do a bit of test marketing around that. But the other thing that's fantastic with the rewards crate-based crowdfunding for the, this type of product would be... Um, that he would get all the money up front. He could then go to the company to produce it. And then um, he also manages the expectation of the backers. So he can say to them, if he knows it's going to take him two months to create this thing, he can say, right, you're not going to get it till September. Um, we're in July now. Yeah, that happened to me. I just uh, I just uh, bought some chairs, some lawn chairs. I'm a lawn chair junkie. I have I can never find lawn chairs that fit me, so I'm always buying lawn chairs. And these ones are super tiny, like they're the size of a water bottle. And mm. I'm like, oh, I couldn't wait. But they're always giving me updates, letting me know when it's coming, letting me know when it's shipped, letting me know. Exactly. Yeah, so it was really awesome to to, to pay up front and then have them build it for me, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's kind of how it looks. And the thing is, you've now got a super cool lawn chair, so yeah. one that you know nobody, nobody else has. And, and the other thing then, from, from a company point of view, is you, you, you can then... 
um, be talking about it. You can review it. So, you know, as a company on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, you can reach out to the backers and say, hey, you've got your product now. Please give a review. You can direct people to the review sites that you want people yeah. to review on. So you get that market research again. Um, and the other thing, um, uh, you know, I was talking about with this gentleman is that his product, he has um, eight different versions within that. And he's going to be able to get feedback on each of those eight. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, it's it re really good potential for him. But we also talked about other options. And I think it's good just to know that there are, there are very many different types yeah, of crowdfunding. Yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you sort of... And platforms. <laughs> exactly. So with... Um, we talked about rewards, sort of a bit to the sort of other side of that would be you know, sort of donations. And so people know about GoFundMe. Um, in Canada, we have Fundraiser. Um, I think they've raised about 145 million. Um, and they're really good at, uh, from a social media point of view, really good shareability and really good at sort of value exchange and, t and uh, telling a story. So, uh, so Fundraiser and um, GoFundMe would be sort of examples of of uh, donation base, so people are not, they just wanted to feel good, they're, they're not expecting anything in return. Then we've talked about the rewards type, um, which I think is one that, as you say, most people are familiar with. Um, and then you can look at sort of the peer-to-peer -peer lending. So um, we have a number of peer-to-peer -peer lending sites in, in Calgary. We actually have one through ATB, so we've talked, um, Booster is a, uh, is a a donations-based um, or rewards-based uh, platform, I should say. Uh, but they also have a peer-to-peer -peer lending one as well. So with that, you're lending money and you get a fixed rate of return. And it's typically better than the rate of return you might get from a bond, but it's not, you know, for the company that's raising the money or wanting the money, it's not as high as, say, a bank would be. So that's where that sort of uh, balance is. You then have um, royalties based, and actually that was what I was talking about with the gentleman on Friday. Um, with royalties, once you start making money, you give a percentage of that money to the people who've given you the money. Oh, right. So the thing with royalties based is um, you not get because as an investor you're not actually getting any equity, you're not getting shares in the company. Sometimes people are like, mm, okay, you know, um, they need they need a bit more from a royalty to actually give that unless they, they, they know the person or there's that level of trust is there already. Um, but on the other side, you know, you're not giving up any of the pie. So right. as a, as a company, that's, that could be a benefit to you. Um, but, uh, you've got to look at it the other way. If you're paying out royalties, as soon as you start to make money, then you have less money to invest in your company. So, you know, bit of balance there. Um, you know, as with all the platforms, you have to choose which is the right one for you. Um, and then on sort of the ex extreme end of this, uh, we've talked about sort of like the, the donations on one end. The other end is equity crowdfunding. And with equity crowdfunding or investment crowdfunding, um, that's when you're typically giving up, um, you know, some shares in the business. M most likely it's going to be common shares. That is the most popular. Um, sometimes people do preferred shares, um, especially with pre-revenue companies. Um, but uh, common shares, I would say, is the most common. Um, and, uh, so you, platforms you might look at, say in, in, in Canada, you, you know, uh, front fund is the largest, um, the number one, um, in Canada, but if you're looking at the UK, Cedars would be one that you would look at. Yeah. So always good to have a look at elsewhere, although typically you can't invest anywhere. And that's what I was saying about the regulation. The regulation is really, you know, except not market dealers in that space, but it, it was what you were saying before about, you know, 
being an accredited investor sometimes and not being credited investors other times. The whole point about the crowdfunding exemption is it allows you to raise money from the 96% of the population that are not accredited investors. Yeah, so um, as you're talking, I'm thinking people are probably furiously writing notes, and I thought, <laughs> you know what, we should probably just let people know that in uh, on June 4th, we did a soft launch of our crowdfunding hub that we are in the process of partnering to to launch here in Calgary, and we did that at the Metaspace, and we're probably working a lot of the things that we're doing out of Metaspace. Yep. So just talk, just maybe walk through people, uh, walk people through a little bit about how uh, what the steps are to sort of launch a crowdfunding campaign because everyone's yeah. going to be going, oh, cash, yeah. What? how do we do that? And so there's going to be a process, but we're here to help and yeah. uh, just let, let people know like the timelines and some of the steps that they have Perfect. to go through. Yeah, no, it's, so I'm just going to burst a bit of a bubble here. It's not quick, easy money. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had I had a guy come to me last year saying, I need a million dollars tomorrow. And I'm like, just shrugged my shoulders. Yeah. Um, if you had a crowd, you could have done that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, as I was saying before about, you know, with, as an investor, you back companies that um, you believe in. Looking at it as a company, you get people who believe in you, who back you. So that's where, you know, this time and, and money and uh, you invest is so worthwhile because what you end up getting is you end up getting these people who believe in you. And so they are more forgiving. Mm -hmm. We all know it is not a straight line. We all know that there are hiccups on the way. We all know that, you know, we have this vision, but the vision may pivot. We all know that, you know, things will happen. And when you have people who believe in you, they, and you take them on the journey, so you keep communicating with them, you keep telling them what's going on, they will be so much more understanding because they want you to be mm -hmm. successful. So that's just, just one thing I just want to say about, you know. Caveat. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you're warning on one side, but I'm also saying why this is important. And, and to say, you know, you can go out today and you can talk to your friends, family, and close business associates. And, you know, people say, well, what is a you know, friend, you know, family, close business associate? Like for me, my definition of a, a friend is somebody who knows where the loo in your home is, the lavatory in your home is. You know, so if they Fr don't know. Refrigerator rights. Yeah. They can so, open your fridge without asking your permission. Yeah. So, you know, that's actually, from, even for, for people who have lots of friends, that's still a relatively small group. Um, and accredited investors, which I said is 4% of the population. So being able to open up to that 100%. The key things that you need um, from, a, from a timeline point of view is planning. So, um, planning. So with, you know, uh, I, I typically like a 90 day planning beforehand. Um, typically for a campaign, if you're doing a, if you're doing a, an equity crowdfunding campaign, so using a crowdfunding exemption, then, um, the most time you can spend is 90 days. The thing with, with crowdfunding campaigns is the most activities at the beginning and at the end. It's like a bathtub. Sort of there's like usually a bit of a gap in the middle, sort of when people go, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then, you know, and then it comes to the end, like, oh, I've got to get to it. And they rush <laughs> at the end. So actually running it for the full 90 days, unless you are doing, for example, lots of events, so you need to have it that running time, I wouldn't go for it. I usually go for like 30 or 45 days. 45 days seems to be my niche at the moment I would say <laughs> that's what I seem to that's be going for that's good to for. know though for people yeah. yeah and then and then typically from when the campaign closes to actually getting your money even if it's Kickstarter but you know or, or an equity crowdfunding it's about two weeks so um, you know if you factor in so that's you know four and a half months really from mm -hmm. starter process to actually getting your money um, so that to me is, is not quick but it's also not super slow 
um, you know, at least you sort of, you know, you have managed expectations on that one. Yeah. So, you know, one of the think, interesting things that we've been talking about uh, ourselves for the last little while is uh, when you're doing crowdfunding, do you need the crowd first or do you need your investors first? And sometimes the crowd draws the investors and sometimes the investors draw the crowd. Oh, the, the blended deal. I completely agree with you on that one. So, um, Let's talk about the crowd first, yeah. because you know, I think, uh, I always say there's a clue in the name, crowdfunding. Um, I see there's three r real ways to get a crowd. You either buy a crowd, build a crowd, or borrow a crowd. So buy a crowd is literally that, you know, Facebook ads, you know, getting yourself, you know, paying for, you know, articles, doing sponsored content, um, all the classic ways of, of buying a crowd. Um, if you look at some of those really successful Kickstarter campaigns, um, they've typically spent anywhere from a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars on advertising. So when I say it's not, you know, yeah, <laughs> you see those and you think build it and they will come. Unfortunately, that isn't the way it works. Um, so uh, or they'll use some of these U.S. agencies and they'll take thirty percent of whatever's raised. So you're successful, but you've just lost that's right a large chunk of your pie. But uh, even just companies I've worked with, they may have spent sort of, you know, anywhere from five to $25,000 on, on, um, on advertising campaigns. You've, uh, you've done some pretty awesome videos. <laughs> that's, that's cost ching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the video is certainly a, a cost. I find some of, some of the companies I'm working with, they, they are, you know, watching the pennies most definitely. Um, and what I recommend to them is if they can't find somebody local who can do it within their budget to go to the local college. But I say still pay a fair yeah. wage for what, you, what you're getting, bearing in mind they're students. If you're working with us people out there, we are all about fairness and equity. So we're not going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to be encouraging you to do this in a fair and equitable way. Yeah. And, and then also make sure that you give credit to them. Let them use the video as part of their portfolio. And then when you grow, go back to them when they're professionals and pay them the professional rates. That would, that's what I often mm -hmm. will say to companies who are going like, um, cause I mean, I've spent 13,000 doing a video before for a campaign. Um, so, you know, not everyone can afford that. That's right. Um, but it's anywhere sort of really from that sort of 500 up to about 13,000 for the video. So that's just for the video, but just even the advertising, mm -hmm. you know, budget as well. So, I mean, that's, that's one thing. That's the whole sort of buying a crowd. Um, was building a crowd. So um, the campaign we, we closed last Friday, they had 119,000 people on their database because they have been talking of, you know, they've been drip feeding over time. They've had, um, they've been talking about their message of wanting to grow, of wanting to raise uh, funds from the crowd and actually get their their followers to become co-owners. So they've, they've actually been drip feeding probably about the best part of six months. Right that message so they and, and and that's the other thing is sometimes I find when I'm, I'm talking to companies they're talking about their product or service and you're not actually selling your product or service you're selling the investment that's right so why should people invest and so one of the things I always try and get with my clients to do is I try and get what are the five reasons to invest so we were just talking here about a kombucha um here and um there's one of my kombucha clients launched on Friday Friday was a busy day for me. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> and um, and so she's the fastest growing kombucha brand in, in Canada and the third largest kombucha brand in um, in Canada. Um, it's a women-led company. Um, and uh, I will say women-led companies 
do tend to outperform men-led companies, and I'll explain re- why later. Um, but especially when you look at VC money, when only 1.4% of VC money goes to women-led businesses, uh, something if, if I'm shaking my head right now, <laughs> as I always do when I hear those numbers. Um, you know, this is this is something, and, and I don't want to put any men off. Men, please use crowdfunding, but women, really, please use crowdfunding. Um, and then, you know, we so we then went through some of the other things that this kombucha company had for the five reasons of why people should invest, and um, and I think you know that's what you want to be drip feeding in of why you should be investing in a in a company. And people need to understand what you do. So yes, you still need to talk about your product or service, but that's not your emphasis. Yeah. Your emphasis is why to invest because people do it to to make money. And entrepreneurs, we suffer in that area. I'm a, I'm guilty of that myself. I've been negligent on keeping up on my content, negligent in keeping up on reminders. And so pe- most people out there probably think we've gone dark and they don't actually know all the things that we've been doing right now. Yes. I, I hear you. It's it's a bit like um, my team, create. you know, I have teams that do websites for my clients and yet my website I'm like I'm like the what's it the shoemaker's uh, son's shoes I'm like I just need to spend a bit of time doing that so I I completely hear you on that one um so we talked about sort of um buying a crowd building a crowd the final one is borrowing a crowd and I'm actually going to use you know a, a local example um we have uh, a lady who's considering she's already done one crowdfund an ATB booster crowdfund um to to build a, a beer hotel oh, yes. and <laughs> I know and um and so we were talking about how she can build a crowd and one of the thoughts was you know this is going to be a real benefit for the breweries in Calgary because all the tours will start from there and there you know you, you actually have a safe place for people to sleep so you get people back safely so I think that's a huge benefit that I think the breweries will, will love um, but also it's just a, it's a hub it's something different yeah. it just I mean Calgary's beer beer community has grown so fast and we're short on hotels it, uh, yes absolutely so I just think I just super cool idea but talking about borrowing a crowd what if she worked with every single brewery and got them to put a coaster or a little flyer so to talk about her campaign so that when you're there you're actually you know drinking your beer going this is good beer and oh what's this beer hotel oh that's cool oh there's a qr code if we want to be i'm never quite sure if qr codes are new or old now they were old and now i think they're coming back again but you know have something that goes to the campaign page go oh this is cool and that people can actually back yeah. it there and then because it, everything's online. You can actually, if, if, if you were to do, a, say, an equity crowdfund on fundraiser, you can actually complete your investment in less than 12 minutes. Yeah, so. I put up my profile. Well, we haven't launched a campaign yet. <laughs> but it's super. <laughs> and there was lots of help too. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so you know, imagine you can, you know, you know, you're there, you're drinking your beer, you see, hey, I could actually be part of this beer hotel, which would be really cool. And you can invest there and then. So that would be where she'd be borrowing a crowd. And then what the breweries get out of it is they get the benefit of having the beer hotel, but they also, they might get the coasters and stuff like that that they would be needing to buy beer pay for anyway um so you can see where it's a win-win so you're always looking for those win-win situations Mm -hmm. um and where you can borrow a crowd so those would be so my three ways of of building a crowd and let's say there's always a clue in the name crowdfunding but you also mentioned the other the other side to it is with 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 crowdfunding itself you can um the exemptions allow you to do two raises of two hundred and fifty thousand um a year so five hundred thousand in total um, and that's from the 96%, so the, the 96% of Canadians who are non-accredited investors. Um, and 500000 is actually enough to do 
some great things, but it isn't enough for everybody. So I had a cannabis company last year and they wanted to raise 1.4 million, um, which which we, we duly did. We raised the 1.4 million. But the way we did it was what I would call more of a blended deal. So we had, um, we had credited investors in there. We had institutional investors in there. We had some big investors in there. And we also had the crowd. And so what happens is the crowd is the proof point. The crowd provides that, that mass that actually believes mm -hmm. in the company. And then the, the other investors provide the larger wadges of cash that are needed to hit that higher target. So that blended deal is absolutely right. And it's, it's a bit like lead investor who, you know, you often hear people saying, who's the lead investor on this? Cause they want to see, well, if he believes in it, and it typically is he, if he believes in it, you know, then there must be, you know, this, this must be a good deal. And, you know, you always should do is your due diligence and, uh, you know, check everything out. But, but on the other side, you know, when you see, as I said, 187 people backing a company, you're like, this company's actually got some legs. And if people who wear the clothes and buy the surfboards believe enough to put their money where their mouth is, then, you know, as a larger investor, that, that should be enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I think we're talking about when you're talking about the blended deals. Yeah, and you actually just reminded me of something. Because some of the investments are quite small. I think the smallest that I saw was two hundred and fifty dollars. You could you could be in, in part of the investment and be we get some small shares. Yeah. Uh, so what is the range of investments? Because I know actually, the I wanted to do yeah. the cannabis company one, but I was it was a little bit of my price range at that time. Yeah. So actually, the the the, the smallest investment, at, say for example, on Front Funder at the moment is ninety nine dollars. Um, that's for Hard Bacon, which is a fintech company out of Quebec. Um, I think they have over 200 investors so far. They've raised over 200,000, and I think they've got over 200,000 in processing, and they're looking to raise the 500,000. So they really went, you know, with $99, they went with, you know, going for lots and lots of investors. And, and the reason for that is because, I mean, they have a deal with Desjardins, um, which uh, is promoting... Uh, Hard Bacon, which is an app to actually store all your um, investments in one place and oh, help you actually invest. Doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have they have this app, and of course, if people go ahead and invest, the likelihood is they'll probably download the app. And there's a, a basic free version, and then there's the upgraded one, right. which happens to be I think ninety nine dollars a year. Oh, that's a familiar number. Um, but um, that's what they were after. Was they were using it to raise awareness of their brand as well as raising the money. They they had two objectives, and you know, a, a, achieving both very very successfully. So ninety nine dollars um, in that instance. Um, and then if you look at um, yeah, two fifty. I would say is the typical minimum two fifty five hundred thousand. Whenever I'm working with a, a client, I'm I'm always saying, looking at what their objectives are, um, because you do have to be careful. You don't leave cash on the table. That's right. Um, sometimes people go, I I want to back them, but I'll just do the minimum. So if the minimum's two fifty, and they could have put five hundred, you've you've lost two fifty. But if your idea is to get as many people as possible, like Hard Bacon is, then you just go ahead and. Right. You, um, you know, you make it at the, that 99 or $100. The one thing, and I often hear this is, oh, but you know, what about my, you know, I go over 50 investors because th th these investors. I, I do hear that a lot. I don't actually know what that means. Yeah, well, you, you, you lose your uh, private um, issuer status at 50 oh, investors, but it's like yippee-doo, so what? <laughs> it's an extra 
it's an extra form you have to submit. It, 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 people get really concerned about it, but it's something absolutely talk to your lawyers, absolutely talk to you know your accountants and whoever you need to talk to, but really do not stress over it. Um, it is a tiny bit more work, but it isn't overly onerous. The bigger concern is actually having all those shareholders on the books from a voting perspective right. because you do not want to be paralyzed. So some of the uh, platforms will offer a voting trust agreement. Yeah, I think that's what I have. I don't actually vote. Someone votes on my behalf. Exactly. So there's one person nominated who will vote on your behalf. And it's twofold. Like as a business, you don't want to be paralyzed having to wait to get all the votes in. But on the other side, as an investor, especially if you invested $250, do you That's want to right. be bothered with no. like, you know, like the reason I gave you $250 is because I believe in you and I trust in you. Go ahead and make the money. And, right. you know, so keep me updated, but, you know, don't bother me with the minutia. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's a two-way thing. And, and with voting trust agreements, typically you can have them for everybody or you could have, say, through a crowdfunding campaign, you come for everybody or you could have them, um, say, for somebody over a certain amount, mm -hmm. uh, under a certain amount. So you could have it, say, un anybody under 5,000, 25,000, 50,000, 100,000, whatever you choose, you can have. And that that's those are probably two of the things that freak people out, but, um, you know, that, that um, should be reassuring. Yeah, actually, you just reminded me of... Uh um, because I've always been piggybacking on other people's um, deals in the past, mm -hmm. I actually don't know how to read those documents. And so mm. uh, uh, there's quite a bit of help on FrontFunder. That's the one that I'm talking about, particularly mm. the, the last one that I was doing. Um, they provided me some help in reading the documents. But I think that new or new investors mm -hmm. who are investing for the first time, typically women, we haven't had any practice uh, mm -hmm. investing. Uh, I think... Um, do you think the crowdfunding hub will be able to offer some supports in that area? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I completely agree because, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, men often do talk about investing, you know, have a beer and they'll say, hey, I just invest in this company and they'll talk about it and they'll, they'll talk about sort of PE ratios and, and things like that, that, that I know typically women don't discuss. And I don't mean that in a sexist way. It's just, that just isn't the sort of conversations it's that we like will have. the generation where my mother never drove because my dad, you know, that kind of a thing. My mother drove everywhere, so I don't know what that said. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, Here you are doing crowdfunding, <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> um, but the thing for me um, is that I, I completely agree. It is, it is training. And one of the things that we're looking to do sooner rather than later um, is uh, to, to actually have a, an investing club Um likely around the, the front funder platform um, because we can get access to those companies most easily. Um, and part of that will be training and part of that, will, you know, so people can understand what to be looking for yeah. from an investment point of view. And part of that will be um, getting the companies in to talk about their company so you can actually ask the questions yeah. because just because it's done online doesn't mean there doesn't have to be a human element in there. And part of it is we want angel investors in that room. We want people who've never invested in that room because we want the discussion about, you know, what's good about a company, what's not so good. Now that's, that's something that, you know, we will facilitate. We will not moderate because that's, it's got to be your decision whether you invest right. or not. But I think, um, learning by osmosis, like being in a room and hearing those discussions and saying, seeing people go, well, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this number as good, but I'm concerned about this number. I think will be really helpful for people to actually start to look at what should I be looking at? Yeah. Um, and, and I ho also hope that that's something that both men and women will want to attend um, because 
the thing about accredited investors is that actually there's very little protection for you from the government. The government believes if you lose your money, you can afford it. And there are some sophisticated accredited investors out there, but there are some who are not sophisticated. And I sometimes worry for them that they could be preyed upon because people know they have money. They're seen as check writers. One of the things that working through a crowdfunding platform gives you is anonymity. Um, but on the other side, I'm hoping that, that having the hub will be able to facilitate events where you can come along, you can learn, you can learn to be a more sophisticated investor and actually make wise decisions and, and do your 10% private company investing. Um, and, and hopefully you'll get that hockey stick growth and that will offset, um, you know, uh, what else is going on in your portfolio? Yeah, and that ties into the work that we've been doing for a couple of years, trying to get a local chapter of Tonic started here, which is a global mm, yes. impact investing uh, organization group, uh, similar to GIN, which is the Global Impact uh, Global Impact Investing Network, and um, pooling um, investors mm -hmm. and um, parallel investing, learning from credit investors, sharing ideas, and, mm -hmm. and 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 going through the activity of investing is a big piece of what mm. we want to do. It's interesting, we were launching the first chapter of Tonic ever, uh, mm -hmm. and um, we couldn't get it rolling in Calgary. We just weren't quite ready mm -hmm. uh, as get it, getting accredited investors on board. Um, but there's probably like 15 chapters globally now uh, in, of Tonic mm. that are working in small uh, and large cities around the world. And so we got to get our act together here in mm. Calgary and support impact investing, support crowdfunding, support investing in general, helping maybe venture capitalists understand a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure what venture capitalists need to understand, but it seems to me that we have a bit of a, a lack of venture capital here in Calgary. Maybe not a lack, but I'm not sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, you know, I think one of the things is, you know, we've been in a downturn for a long time. Um, and whether it's VC or angel money, I think those people who have money realize that a lot of their friends have been hurt. And so I think a lot of the money has gone underground. I think yeah. it's still here, but it's not as visible as it used to be. That's right. I heard that there was $80 billion of capital parked in Calgary. Yeah. I, I can believe it. I mean, you look at Brett Wilson's party, garden party last week. I mean, that raised 500000 in an evening. Yeah, that, that says there's, there's some money, you know, yeah. lying around. I mean, that's, that's just a, a very visible one that people are aware of. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, there's money out there. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, there are some fantastic technology developments going on in the oil and gas space. And with so many foreign companies leaving, um, we need to either look at, um, you know, government funding, sums there, not, not loads. We know about the valley of death. Um, but we also need to look at how we can actually, you know, raise from the crowd. And, and people often like to invest in things they understand. So if you come from an oil and gas background, you might well want to invest in, in say, a new technology because you actually understand it. Yeah. So that's, you know, I still think there's a, there's a space there. It's, it's, uh, um, yeah. Well, we know there's an appetite. We know there's an appetite for, we, we know there's entrepreneurship happening. We know that startups in Calgary exist and are moving forward and mm -hmm. we have some good ones that are you know wave just had its uh, big uh, buyout and um, things are moving and, and shaking here in calgary um and the, the the equity and equality that we can help small businesses medium businesses large businesses mm. who doesn't have to be a small business or a startup that oh happens. i mean like i'm i've got clients i've got some mix so the mortgage investment companies um and they are multi multi multi-million dollar companies um, and they're still using crowdfunding yeah. because, you know, they don't have to just go to accredited investors. It's 
one of the things is you, you, you most of the credit investors, or most of the, say most of the deals are done, you know, during the business day, which doesn't really work for everybody. Um, because it's online, because it's 24-7, the fact is it comes to the end of the day, you're sitting down, glass of wine, don't necessarily recommend the wine while you're making business decisions, but you know, it comes to that sort of time of day. And the fact is you can go online and you can read anything. Yeah. You can read everything you need to make an informed decision. You can make that informed decision there and then. You can ask questions. You can ask questions of the companies. You can ask um, questions of the platform, how the platform works. You can do everything on your time scale right. at a convenient time. And so that's one of the things that some of those very large companies are looking at. And I mean, you know, there are some very, very big companies that are equity crowdfunding. I mean, we, you know, it's often said that with um, equity and investment crowdfunding, you can use it from anywhere from 250,000 up to 50 million. So that, and your biggest is right now? Um, well, the one that went through the front funder platform last year was 12 million. Right. Um, I've got one um, that I'm working with at the moment that's looking to raise 20 million, tw two zero million. Um, so yeah, those yeah. are the ones. Well, we did our soft launch on June 4th. We yes. had 50 people attend. And yes. so we know that there's people who are, um, interested all the way up to ready to participate mm -hmm. in crowdfunding. So more to come, uh, folks, because, uh, the crowdfunding hub is launched. We are just getting set up in our space, uh, and organized about how we are going to be connecting, uh, individual entrepreneurs and investors to, the platforms and businesses that people want to connect to invest yep. in with uh, a capital or rewards. Um, so let's call it uh, the end of our conversation right now because we could literally go on <laughs> for another five hours and we know that the listeners are hanging on your, what you have to say. All right. Thank you, Victoria Bennett. Oh, I really appreciate having. Oh, it was awesome. And we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. bye. If you haven't already, Visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-source, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This podcast was made possible by a generous contribution from Zinc Ventures and is hosted by volunteers from Rainforest Alberta. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>